Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello there. And welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Bianca. Wait a minute. Who's calling me? Um, hold on. 911, what is your emergency? Help me! Help me! I, I, I was dating this person and, you know, things were going really good and, and they've just, they've just disappeared. They, they're gone. I can't reach them. I've been ghosted. Can, can, can you help me? Yes, ma'am. Help is on the way. In the form of the latest edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. <laughs> Listen, I don't know if you think I am an absolute uh, idiot um, or, or if that made you laugh a little bit. But today I am starting a three-part series that I am calling 911. What is your emergency? We are going to talk about dating and relationship emergencies, like dating and relationship disasters. I want to focus on three of the most common things that might make you want to pick up the phone and dial 911. Because it is like so horrible and so difficult. And today in week number one, we are going to deal with the issue of being ghosted. Okay? We're going to talk all about that. Next week, we're going to talk about the issue of being played. Okay? And then we're going to wrap up, unless I think of more dating emergencies to, to add to this series... We're going to wrap up by talking about the emergency of when you get dumped, okay? So being ghosted, being played, being dumped. These, I think, are dating disasters. These are relationship emergencies where we just feel like, oh my God, um, the, the world is just, I mean, things are just messed up. And so today, let's dive into the issue of being ghosted. I don't know if anyone has not experienced this. If, if you're the person who has never had a person sort of disappear on them without reason, without a text, they just, you know, like Casper the Friendly Ghost, they just poof, they're gone. You never hear from them again. You, nothing is said, no explanations, they're just gone. If you're a type of person that's never happened to you, well, um, man, um, good for you, right? But this has probably happened to almost everyone. And if you, if you have never experienced it, and if you're still single, and if you're interested in wanting to find a partner, and especially if you're doing online dating, if you haven't been ghosted yet, you're going to be, <laughs> okay? So you might want to listen to this to be prepared for the eventuality of that, but most of us are like that 911 caller. It's happened. What do we do? And that's what I want to focus on today. How do I handle being ghosted? Now, the way I want to frame this um, is quite personal because by the time that you're hearing this, it will have been oh four or five months ago, my 28-year-old son, who is single, called me up and told me a story of this latest girl that he was dating. They were on, They went on a couple of dates together and... He said, Dad, I'm pretty good at reading a situation, and we were hitting it off great. We were even talking to each other about how good this feels. 
And so my son told me, he said, dad, this is a girl I kind of, I, I could date this girl, right? You know, he, he was really feeling like he was attracted to her and they were, they could talk to each other easily. Things were going great. And then he told me like, she went away on a, like a weekend, just a weekend trip with some girlfriends. And the day she was to get back, he sent her a message, a text message or something. And he didn't get a response. And he thought that was, you know, kind of odd because they had been going back and forth, you know, frequently and, you know, communicating with each other. And they've had a couple of dates and then all of a sudden nothing. And so he waited like a day and then he called and left a voice message. Said, hey, you know, I, I know you're back in town. Let's, we talked about getting together this week. So, you know, let me know what your schedule's like, blah, blah, blah. No response. So another two or three days go by. And that's when he called me. He's like, dad, what the fuck? <laughs> He's like, what? she's gone. I, I, I've sent text messages. I've left voicemails. Um, nothing. No response. And of course, my first thing was, dude, did something happen? And he's like, that, that was my thought too. Maybe something happened. He said, but I, I looked on her social platforms and she posted a, a picture just, just earlier today, a picture of her and a girlfriend. So she's not dead. She's just ghosted me. And he was really upset. For, I mean, for a couple of reasons. One, he was upset because he liked this girl and he really thought that she did like him and he was upset with the fact that she just disappeared and didn't 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 say anything to him give any reason even if it was a, a lie even if it was bs the fact that there was no communication whatsoever um just freaked him out so what I want to do in this podcast is I want to share with you what I told him. <laughs> okay. You'd be like, because if you were able to eavesdrop on this, you might be thinking, all right, coach Roy, now it's hit close to home. You know, what are you going to say to your son? Okay. You're this big coach, blah, blah, blah. So what are you going to say to him? How do you, how are you going to handle this when he, when he's sharing this experience with you. So I basically told him four things. Some of them he had heard before, but I reiterated them. And so I want to share them with you. Okay. So here's the first thing that I basically told him. I, I connected with him around the anger that he felt and the sadness I mean, he was sad because obviously there isn't anything there like I thought there was. So he was a little sad about, you know, missing out on an opportunity to be with a girl that he thought was really great. But it wasn't so much sadness because he's like, I mean, she's not the only woman in the world, right? So it it was a real bummer, but that wasn't, he was angry. I mean, he was frustrated. He was making comments about, the, this whole dating thing, like, what the fuck? You know, how are you supposed to, how are you supposed to date when, when people do this? And so he was angry and I connected with him around that. I, I, I sort of affirmed, dude, I hear how you feel. I mean, I, I hear that you're sad. I hear that you're angry. I hear that it it can really give you a bad taste in your mouth about dating and not because they met online. Um, they, you know, swiping something or other. <laughs> I don't know what the kids use these days, but right. So I connected him around that pain. And the first thing I basically said is, do you see how awful this feels? Okay. The first thing you can do is you can say, damn it. I will never do this to someone. I know what this feels like now. And even though it's very difficult to have the Dear John conversation, to, to have that, I don't feel a connection. I don't want to go forward. I 
don't feel comfortable with whatever and I want to I want us to go our separate ways even though that is a very difficult thing to say I wanted my son to really notice how much it sucked when a person doesn't say anything so the first thing I said is son do unto others as you would have them do unto you you can at least make the commitment that I am not going to be the kind of guy who does that. I don't care how hard the conversation is. I don't care what I fear a person's reaction might be. I am not going to ghost someone because I know how that feels. So that's the first thing I would say to you is at a minimum, you can make the commitment that I do not roll that way. I'm not going to do that to people. I'm going to give them the courtesy and treat them as a human being, and I'm not going to just disappear. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to have some big, long, long, drawn-out conversation where it gets in all kinds of drama. In the situation that my son was in, they had not had sex. So just a simple text message, hey, listen, I... I just don't feel very good about how things are between us. I don't think it's a good fit. And I, you know, you're a, you're a nice person. I just wish you all the best. That's all that's necessary. Now, if you have had sex, then I think, this is my own opinion here, it deserves a more formal breakup. It, it deserves a face-to-face. You've been that intimate with each other then you look that person in the eye and you tell them why you're moving on. Okay? That's one of the reasons why I encourage people not to have sex too soon. Because when you have sex, whether you like it or not, the heart gets involved and breaking up is just more painful for everyone. And so if you delay having sex a little bit, you get to see, okay, do we have a connection here? Do we have something? And if a person does ghost you or break up with you before you've had sex, it's it's going to hurt. It's going to suck, but it's not going to feel the same. It's not going to be as bad. But the first principle is the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So if you don't like being ghosted, then don't do it. Okay? Now, Occasionally, I talk to a person who says, I would prefer to be ghosted than to have a person tell me, you know, I just don't feel a connection. I just don't feel a spark. Um, You know, I don't feel like we're a good fit. They would rather hear nothing than hear that form of rejection. Okay. And my general feeling about that is, I understand that, right? I mean, it, it, that makes sense. But a person who would prefer to not have someone just say, hey, I, I've met someone else and I'd like to pursue that. Or I don't feel that we're a, that we're a good fit. If you would rather not even hear that and you would rather just be ghosted, then I think it speaks to a level of insecurity in you that you need to address, right? It just means that you have a self-image, a self-concept, a fear of rejection that is so profound that it's just easier on you if a person just disappears because you can't handle just a person deciding, I just don't think we're a good fit. So I think if you are the rare person who says, no, no, I would just rather be ghosted. So this this first principle of live by the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, meaning if you don't like being ghosted, then don't ghost someone. But if you, you would rather be ghosted, well, then the golden rule would mean I'm going to ghost other people because I prefer to be ghosted. And I'm saying, if you do, you've got some other issue that really needs to be addressed. Okay, that 
that that's an indication of a problem that you would rather have a person just flat disappear on you than give you whatever their reason is of why they don't feel a connection. Okay, so I felt like I needed to address the rare person out there that might prefer hearing nothing to hearing something. Okay, I, I don't I think that's a sign that there's something wrong. So that's the first thing I told my son. Son, remember how this feels. Don't do this to a girl. All right. The second thing I said to him, and he sort of knows this because he's my son. We talk about these things. My my son has been the one who's edited all of my books. Um, he's an English major, a communications major, a journalism major, and he's really good with with words and spelling and grammar and all the stuff that I'm really not that good at. And so he's edited all my books, which means he's read them deeply and intensely. And we've had lots of great conversations um, about relationships and so forth. So he's very familiar with what it means to relate mindfully and consciously. So he wasn't that surprised when I reminded him of point number two for you is that it's not personal. When a person ghosts you, it's got nothing to do with you. It's not personal. It's not about you. It doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't say anything about you. It doesn't mean you're not lovable. It doesn't mean nobody wants you. It doesn't mean that you're going to be single forever. It doesn't mean that you're unattractive. It doesn't mean anything about it's got absolutely nothing to do with you except you experienced it so what happens is you get to experience how the other person rolls you got to experience their karma you got to experience the way they handle themselves in an uncomfortable situation. You got to, in a sense, you got to know them even deeper than you thought you knew them because you experienced the way they handle themselves. But it's not about you. It's about them. This is the way they handle difficulty. They run away and don't say anything. This is the way they handle something that's uncomfortable. They're not going to address it head on and communicate. They are just going to disappear. It's, it's the way they live. It's the way they roll. It's a reflection of their personality, their integrity, their way of being. It's completely about them. It's got nothing to do with you. Except that it happened in your space. So what's, a, what's an example of this? Because I'm not saying it doesn't suck when this happens. But if you're just driving down the street, you know, it's a Thursday afternoon at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and you're you're going over to I don't know, grocery store, going to Target, or I don't know where you're, you're just driving down the street and somebody rear ends you and it's discovered that they were drunk as a skunk, right? It's just like they're hammered. They were driving under the influence. They just ran right into you, okay? That's not personal. It's not like there's something wrong with you. It's not like you're unlovable or unwanted or, I mean, it's just, it. you just were in their sphere of influence, you could say. <laughs> you bumped into them or they bumped into you. So you experience the consequences, but it's not personal. They would have ran into anyone who was sitting at that stoplight because they were doing their thing. They were living their life. They were, you know, exhibiting their karma. I mean, they were, they were just doing themselves and you 
unfortunately, you got in the way. And they ran into you. And the way they live and how they're doing their life, oh, there's consequences. It hurt. It smashed your car. Maybe your neck is sore. Right? So it sucks. But you couldn't walk away from that accident and say, you know, what's wrong with me? Why do people keep running into me? <laughs> right? Unless you get rear-ended like every week, then then maybe that's a different story, right? But right, if you took it personal, like that person rear-ending you was about you and who you are, that, wouldn't that be like ridiculous? It really is no different. This person ran into you. You literally might have run into each other on a dating app or at a bar or at an event and you started seeing each other and they showed up. They crashed into you. They did their thing. They just fulfilled their karma and you got the consequence of it. You got sort of in the path of their tornado, you could say. But it's not personal. It's not about you. And that that recognition allows you to let go so much faster. Because if it's not personal, well, you don't well, you're not taking it personal. I mean, if something isn't personal, it doesn't bother you. Right? If you hear about you read online or something that uh, some Hollywood movie star broke up with their partner, does that like bother you? Does that trigger you? Does that make you feel unlovable or unwanted or you're never going to meet someone? No, of course not, right? It's like, it's got nothing to do with me. That's them. So when something isn't personal, it can't bother you. It can't trigger you. It can't bring up some core story of deficiency that I'm not good enough or I'm unworthy of love. If it's not personal, it can't mean anything like that. And if it doesn't mean anything, then you're just left with, oh, yeah, my car is bro- is crashed. That sucks. But it it's not personal. So, okay, so I'm angry. I'm frustrated. Like, I'm hurt, Right but it's not personal. That's what they would do with anybody. In fact, I'd be willing to guess that if you were ghosted by someone, you were not the first one. This is what they do. They just go through people and they just walk away when there's, because you know they have their own issues around honesty and communication and the courage to say something. So it's not personal. But another dimension of this this idea that it's not personal comes from, and you'll remember if you heard my podcast at the fourth podcast out of five in the series called Dark Matters, right? Dealing with some of life's most difficult emotions. And number four was resentment. If you remember, I started to lay out that one of the ways that we let go of resentment, because that's what happens here when you get ghosted, you start to feel resentful, right? Angry, resentful, bitter, right? One of the ways that you can let go of resentment is you begin to understand that people are doing what they're doing because of their conditioning in their life, because of what they've experienced, because of all the things they've been through, it it sort of has given them, this is their defense mechanism. This is sort of the way they roll. And I tried to make the point that if you or I had the same, completely the same upbringing, all of the same experiences, that if, if we lived their life we would handle it the same way they did. We would ghost too, given the way they've been raised and their personality structure and their experiences and what they've been taught and how life has formed them. Like, 
they're doing the only thing they know how to do. They're just trying to survive. And they have a certain level of maturity. They have a certain level of consciousness, you could say. They have a a certain level of understanding. And you witnessed it. So they're not bad or wrong as much as we might like to say it's a lack of integrity to, to, to go someone. No, not really. If you, if you knew everything about that person, you would say, oh yeah, I totally get why you walked away. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with me. It's got everything to do with you, but I understand you. In other words, if you really knew everything they've been through, you would have compassion. You would say, I get it. I I get why you just disappeared on me. So then forgiveness can rise up. So on the one hand, you let yourself off the hook when when you remind yourself it's not personal. This is not about me. It doesn't mean I'm not good enough or unlovable. It doesn't mean anything like that. I just got... I just got caught up in their storm. I got rear-ended by them. It's not personal. And there's a forgiveness and a compassion because if I lived the life that they lived, I'd do the same thing. I mean, by definition, you would have to. So you remember I had that puppy metaphor, right? Bring a puppy home from the kennel or a litter and it pees on the carpet, chews on your shoes. The puppy's not being bad. The puppy is simply manifesting its level of maturity, right? It's, it's not, it's, it doesn't know how to do anything different. It might learn in the future, but right now in this moment, when your puppy pees on the carpet or chews on your shoes, you can't say to your puppy, you should know better. No, it, it, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't know better. It can't know better, not yet, because it only knows what it knows, it's only mature as it is mature, right? So every person you meet is like a puppy. They're only as mature as they are mature. You can't say, well, that person should have known better to not ghost me, that it's disrespectful, that it's, it's unkind. It, no, no, they couldn't have known better. That was their level of maturity. That was the only way they knew how to deal with whatever they were feeling or whatever was going on. And so when you really get that, that it's not personal and they are simply manifesting their level of maturity and understanding and consciousness, when you understand a person can't be more mature than they are, when you see them as, oh, they're a puppy and they just peed on the carpet, okay? Sucks. Yeah, smells. I don't like it. There's consequences. But the puppy wasn't being bad. It was just doing the only thing it knew how to do. So right there, a freedom comes. If it's not personal, it doesn't mean anything about you. And if you understand, it really does mean something about them. But you have compassion that, that that was the best way and the only way they knew how to deal with whatever they were feeling, whatever was happening. It's like, oh. Ah, take a deep breath. It's like, oh, it's okay. It's like, like, yeah. I mean, these things happen. Right? You, you know if you do online dating, you, you, you know you're going to get this. Right? So, but it's not personal. And so there's a freedom that comes up. Your emergency now, your 911 call, it's not necessary. It's like, because it's, it's not about me. And all right, it doesn't feel good. But there's a release, right? There's a, there's a freedom that comes. So those are the first two things I told my son. First, the golden rule, do unto others as you'd have them do unto, do unto you. So don't go someone yourself. Two, it's not personal. And then number three, something very obvious, but it, It needs to be said. In a sense, you can be grateful. You can say thank you to them. Because on some level, 
they knew the relationship wasn't right. So the third thing I told my son is, son, clearly, she wasn't the one. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, obviously, dad. I mean, But no, really, really. Maybe you thought that she could possibly be the one. Maybe she or the person that goes to you had some sense that this isn't a right fit. And yes, they didn't verbalize it. Maybe they couldn't verbalize it. Maybe they didn't even quite understand exactly what it was, but they had some sense this isn't right. So they might have just saved you a lot of pain. Have you realized the longer a relationship goes, that when it ends, it hurts more? Like I almost kind of think of a relationship as like a long strip of Velcro. The longer the relationship goes, the more the Velcro attaches. And so when you have to break it up, when you have to pull it apart, there's a lot of tearing that goes on because there's so much connection in the Velcro. If there's just a little teeny bit, it's like, comes right off. You know, maybe a little, ouch, no problem, right? But if there's three, four feet, man, you got to yank on that thing. (laughs) And you got to pull and it's hard and it's loud and it's, right? So the longer a relationship goes, the more pain you're going to feel when it ends. So if this person just might have done you a favor, Because first of all, if you got ghosted, the only reason why, well, one of the reasons why it bothers you is because you thought maybe something was, was possible, right? If you were thinking that I don't really like this person, you know, I don't think there's much of a connection. Your ego might not like that. They called it quits before you did. Okay. (laughs) I get that. Right. But it's not going to hurt very well because your mind's going to tell you, well, you didn't really like him anyway, to be honest. Right. Right. So really when this ghosting stuff hurts is when you're like my son, where I thought, I I could date this girl, dad. Right. So he thought there was really something, but evidently she didn't. So son, maybe in your spirit, you could thank her for saving you a lot of pain because maybe this relationship You don't know because it never plays itself out, but maybe five months from now, maybe eight months from now, you would see something, something would happen and you would recognize, oh my God, this, I don't want to be with this person. And then you're going to have a really, a major emotional breakup happen. So when someone goes to you, well, I guess they're not the one. (laughs) Thank you. You're off the list. I'm now available for the right one because I know what is not right for me. And maybe they knew it. And so maybe in your spirit, you could thank them. Well, I I don't like the way you did it, but thank you. Because my guess is if we had tried to make this work, if we had kept going, we would have hit a wall at some point. And it would have gotten uglier and more painful. So that's the third principle. So 911, what's your emergency? Like, what do I, I've been ghosted. What do I do? One, first, feel that pain and decide you're not going to do that to someone. Second, really recognize it's not personal. It's not about you and who you are. It doesn't mean any of that. They're doing their thing. They're doing the only thing they know how to do. They're being a puppy, peeing on the carpet. They're just reflecting their way of being in the world. And you got in the mix of it. So it sucks, but it's not personal. And three, well, I guess they're not the one. I guess that's not my soulmate. (laughs) I guess that's not the person I'm supposed to be with. Yeah. Thank you for seeing something that maybe I didn't see. Maybe you saved us a lot of trouble. Thank you. I wish you all the best. Okay, so right there, we could stop. 
and your whole perspective and feeling and emotional attitude about being ghosted is going to evaporate. You're, you're just going to be free to date. You're going to be, you won't have a bad taste in your mouth about dating. You won't like be bitter about the whole process, right? You'll let go of your anger. You'll be open and available and playful to just, okay, I wonder what will happen tomorrow. I wonder what's going to unfold. I wonder who I'll meet online. I, uh, I'm just, I'm open for the next thing. I'm right. The past is behind me now because I have an understanding. I'm letting it go and I'm available for what's next. Eh? Life. Okay. What, what you got for me next? What, what are you going to teach me next? Right. So you're in that open place. However, there's, you know, me, you know, I'm one of these conscious relationship coaches, so I can't help myself, but ask you and talk to my son about this. Can't help, but asking you if you're willing to step away from the first three things I said, and now do a little dirty work, do a little digging, do a little looking in the mirror, do a little self inspection. And that's this. But I should, I should give you a caveat. If, if you've only been ghosted once, then ignore everything I'm going to say from here on out. I'm only talking to people that feel like this is, this happens to me. (laughs) I, I, it's not like a major pattern where once a week I'm getting ghosted, but you know what? I, there's kind of a pattern here. Like this happens to me with a little bit of regularity. It's happening. In other words, it's happening to me more then, and it makes me unable to just say, oh, well, you're online and shit happens. No, it, it happens to me more than that. So I can't just brush it off as if you're doing online dating, I mean, you're going to get ghosted and just be ready for it. So, so there's a normal sort of, yeah, this happens and you don't need the fourth point. But if you feel like, you know, I get ghosted a little bit more, I think, than, than might be the normal, right? There might be a pattern here. So anytime you have any pattern in your life, whether you attract narcissists or whether you attract drama queens or whether you attract wounded soldiers or whether you attract emotionally unavailable people, I don't care what the pattern is. What we're looking at right now is what do you do if you kind of have a little bit of a pattern of being ghosted? I mean, you go on one date, two dates, people just disappear. You know, it's not like this is the only time. No, this is, this happens a couple times a year to me. I, I, I seem to be with someone and things get going and then they just flat disappear with no reason. It's gone. Okay, so if that happens to you, Here's the courageous question. How am I responsible for this pattern? What am I doing to get myself ghosted? What is my part in the way my love life is going here? Right? So I'm not saying it is personal. Not in that way, but I'm saying if you have a bit of a pattern here, you might be doing something that you're unaware of that people, once they start to feel it, once they start to see it, they're reacting to it and they're heading for the door. Now, yes, we could say they ought to have the courage and the integrity to tell us that they don't feel this or this has become a problem or whatever. Okay, but that's a separate issue. 
I'm asking if you if you have these short term relationships, there's a pattern where they don't work out. Even if some people don't ghost you, but if you have like a pattern, like I, I don't I don't get a second date. I have plenty of first dates. I don't get a second date. Or I get plenty of first dates and they tell me that they're going to text me and they never do. They're gone. They don't respond. Or I have this pattern of like after a month or two months, I think things are starting to feel pretty good. And then out of the blue, they're gone. That's my pattern. So if you have some sort of pattern being ghosted or otherwise, where relationships just, they're not progressing. You might be doing something that you're not aware of and it's scaring people off. It's turning them off. It's pushing them away. So this one is, are you willing to deeply wonder how you are getting yourself ghosted. How you are ghosting yourself. How you are responsible for being ghosted. Now, if you're offended that I'm even suggesting such a thing, I I completely get that. And yet... If there is some sort of a pattern or this happens a little bit too frequently for me just to brush it off as the to be expected because I'm doing online dating thing. And you can be offended at the question, but you're going to stay in your pattern. Because I'm here to tell you anytime you're in a pattern, it's not happening to you. It's happening by you. Yes, you are completely unaware of what you're doing, but you are doing something that keeps getting you in these patterns. You are doing something to attract people that don't know how to communicate and and give a reason why they're ending it. You're doing something to attract narcissists. You're doing something to attract the wounded soldier. You're doing something that attracts the, the drama queen. You're doing something that attracts the commitment phobic person. This is the key question of a conscious person's life. Whatever it is I'm experiencing, what am, what's my part here? What am I missing that I'm doing that if I wasn't doing that, it would not turn out this way? What am I not seeing about myself? Do I have a personality blind spot? Like, am I turning people off and I don't even know it? Am I scaring people off and I don't know it? Am I pushing people away for some unconscious reason? Like, do I have an an avoidant attachment disorder? And so... I'm a little afraid of something happening and they can just pick up somehow that I'm not engaging and they just walk away before before they get dumped by you? See, that's possible. Do you have an anxious attachment issue? Which means maybe I come on too strong. Maybe I'm trying too hard. Maybe I'm just scaring people a little bit because maybe I can be a little needy. I don't know what it is. That's the whole point. You don't either. So here's the bottom line truth. If you are in a pattern, you are doing something to make that pattern a reality. And so the way you break a pattern is not by saying, oh, I got to find someone who's not a narcissist or someone who is not afraid to communicate what they're feeling. No, you have to look in the mirror and say, What is it that I'm missing about myself? And if I deal with that, if I fix that, then I will be out of the pattern because the pattern is not happening to me. Damn it. Even though I don't know how it's happening by me or because of me. 
And so if you are open to that question, like if you're open to looking at your love life and saying, you know what? I don't like the way it's going. I don't like the the, the people that I seem to attract and the patterns I get into or, or the recurring problems that I have and the pain. Like if you're in your own version of relationship groundhog day where it just seems to – there's kind of a repeating thing day after day, month after month. I, I keep getting ghosted or my relationships never go past three months or I attract this kind of person and then we get in this kind of dynamic that is that's not because you're unlucky that's because you are doing something to attract it you have a certain magnetic frequency that is bringing that experience to you and until you discover what that is and shift it you will always repeat the pattern you will always continue to be ghosted. If you don't recognize I'm doing something that once people start to get to know me, they don't want to be in a relationship with me. They, they disappear. That's not them. You can't be that unlucky. <laughs> no, you're doing something. So if you are brave enough, and it really does, I'm not, I'm not, shaming anybody here. It takes some bravery to look in the mirror and say, how am I responsible for my relationship results? If you're at that point and not everybody gets to that point right away, some of us need to go through more pain, be ghosted more often, keep attracting the narcissist, keep attracting the drama queen, keep doing your pattern. Some some of us have not been through enough pain to where we hit rock bottom because it's at that rock bottom that we're like, okay, maybe I'm missing something here. But if you are, that's when I can be of help. Because what my expertise is as a coach is helping people discover how they are sabotaging themselves, how they are keeping themselves single. Right? You've heard me say this. People, why are you single? Because I haven't met the right person yet. No, that is not it. The real issue is you're not meeting the right person, but that's not happening to you. It's happening by you. Why are you committed to not meeting the right person? Why are you attracting the emotionally unavailable or the drama queens or the narcissists? See, because those aren't the right people. So it's not that you're unlucky. It's not that you just haven't bumped into the right person yet. No, you are a magnet in the world. And so when a person is willing to ask that question, how am I responsible for being ghosted for this pattern that's when you call me because that's when I can help you. You kind of have to get to that point on your own. You might have to suffer a bunch more before you're really ready to say, okay, duh, man, it, I must be missing something about myself. But if you are at that point, then you need to get on the phone with me. I don't charge anything for an exploratory conversation. I would love to hear about your pattern. I would love to hear about your experience. We can get to know each other and then I can describe my program and what it costs and the whole thing. And let's see if maybe I can come alongside of you and help you wake up, kind of help you grow in self-awareness. What does that mean in this context? I'm really seeing what my part has been in being ghosted, in having relationships that don't work out, that don't go anywhere. I'm really seeing how I've done that because it's when you see it, then you can fix it. It's, it's not hard to fix whatever we're doing to attract certain things. It really is not. That's not the hard part. The hard part is really 
recognizing that you are doing it to yourself. <laughs> That's the hard part. The hard part is asking this question from the place of I am responsible for my pattern. I am ghosting myself. Here, That's the hard part. Once you discover what it is that you're doing, well, that stuff's not hard to fix. So I'm really good at helping people discover what they don't know about themselves. That, that, that means you have aha moments. What's an aha moment? Oh, I see something that I never saw before. Aha. Oh my God. I get it. I see it. And once you have that, oh, then fixing it's easy. So are you ready for that kind of work? Then if you are, I'm right here. You can find me, Roy, at coachingwithroy.com or my cell phone number is 407-687-3387. So until next week, when we deal with the issue of being played, that's going to be a fabulous discussion. I hope you have a great week. I hope I hear from you because you don't have to continue in whatever pattern you're in. You you really don't. But you probably do need someone to help you get out of it. Because if you knew what the pattern was, if you knew what was going on, then you'd stop it yourself. Right? That's my experience. I had to hire a coach. Like, what the hell's going on here? What am I missing? I keep attracting women who are like damsels in distress. That was my pattern. I won't go into it now. But I'm right here. All right. So until next week where we go part two, I hope you have a great one. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.